Hello and welcome. You're listening to episode number 46 of Inglorious Artists with me, Peter Holland. And uh, today is another one of those extreme social distancing ones because I'm talking to somebody uh, halfway around the world from where I am because today I'm talking to this person. Hello, my name is Stephen uh, E. Simon. There's uh, about three Stephen Simons Directors Guild of America and I am an assistant director in the DGA in Los Angeles, California. I think I'm going to call you a film worker when I put you on like the the episode name or something because you seem to be all over the place almost when with regards to what you have been doing uh assisting in different respects or aspects. Well, well, no, I mean in the difference a big difference because I've worked in, I worked in Finland and I've worked in other areas. I've worked with English crews oh, right. in Jordan and there's a big difference like LA and it's it's very partitioned out even though i i have uh knowledge and i do a lot of the pieces i'm an ad you know i can't jump yeah. into yeah, camera yeah, yeah. i can't jump in i mean i could if i had to but you know we all could really right you know mm. all, <laughs> well <laughs> if if we had to i mean it's it is a it is something i learned uh later on is how you know early antidotes were already in it but how Every person is replaceable. Like it's a team. Mm. It's a team sport that we're in. It's not, you know. Yeah, yeah. It is there, and that's for me. Again, this is my experiences and how I've grown into it. And I'm I'm more of a mellow guy than what what I've seen around. Um, but I've grown into accept into making it like, hey, we got to treat it as a team sport. Yeah, an actor is important. Mm, Director is important. But when it comes down to it, I've been, I was on a big film, uh, Mission Impossible 2, and we swapped an actor out like that. They were like, yeah, Famke Jensen? No, oh. this is not working. And we were two mo- a month and a half with her. Mm. You know, Wow, that's far, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well. That's like ba- Back to the Future thing. Ex- <laughs> yeah. Exactly what I was going to reference. Like, Back to the Future is that way. It, it has that, too. So, and then, you know, yeah. there's the movies where the director Fs up. And the director's out. There's been movies where producers have <laughs> right. up. So, you know, it takes a team. We to actors, do it. we we really got to remember that thing. I mean, I mean we don't. We got to remember. You're not safe even though you're filming. <laughs> so you're not safe if you're filming, key. or if you're the lead. I mean, Back to the Future again. Yeah. Right. Or as what I've been referencing sometimes on the po- uh, podcast, uh, the I think the the thin red line, when because uh, he he makes the film in in editing so much, so Adrian Brody thought mm-hmm. he was the lead, but he's barely in it, <laughs> so well, that's so weird. A great example of that in the day. So I started a little history. We'll go to the history because it makes the story flow better. When sure. I I was working in a world, I like to say this. I was working in. Uh, from high school, a high school dropout. So I'm a high school dropout mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. just had gone to school to school because I I had before they knew what it was called as ADHD. So I'm an I'm an oh, okay. a, I'm an ADHD AD, which most of us ADs mm. are. They find out that most of us <laughs> ADs have this because it's the multitasking and the energy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened? It was for me. I was going 
to I dropped out early to go to college, and then my mom got sick, and then I started working at I was working at uh, multi handicapped, beaten and abused children places. Mm. So my job was to work and to be a counselor for multi handicapped or beaten and abused uh, children. And, uh, you know, I do the same thing now. They just don't admit that they're beaten, abused, or multi-handicapped. Oh, okay. Right. You know, actors and directors. So Sure. Uh, we are, though. And, we are. And most <laughs> damaged goods. <laughs> but, uh, so then my mom got sick and I had to get a job, and I started working in a post house uh, doing trailers, a company mm-hmm. called uh, Cimarron Bacon O'Brien. You know, I got to meet the movie voice. You know, I worked with him. And right, right. It was, yeah. it was yeah. the genre. Don. Don. <laughs> Donald Fontaine, he was amazing. And then from Sweet Sweet Man, his daughter out here is doing um, voice classes for voiceover work. So it's it's really he's All he's right. got a good legacy out here, yeah. Mm. And uh, and then it just it it dominoed into parts where I wanted to be, like my first jobs and and so on, that led me to be an AD. It was a variant of things, a set PA to an AD, which seemed to be my mm. niche. Well, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, that what you say. Uh, you say ads tend to have ADHD or ADD. My experience is that a lot of ads seems to be uh, from a military background. They seem to be very like gung ho point with the whole hand. <laughs> that that is not. I mean, LA. There's a couple. There's there's about. Three, I mean, again, the funny thing about the Los Angeles world is it's so vast, yet it's so small. So we all mm. kind of know each other, but but sure, then at the same yeah. times you work with someone and it's like, oh my God, I haven't worked with you forever. But there was five years where I worked with so many people that I knew um, separately. Like when I got to work on a movie called uh, Cat in the Hat, it was a Mike Myers film, Bo Welch directed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I'd been working as a PA for so long and I'd been doing all these movies. Uh, there's a good anecdotal story for that that was about how I didn't know the first AD. I didn't know the AD staff very well. Um, mm-hmm. I was hired by one person. Uh, and the second second who was on set, so the first was Aldrich Porter, who was amazing. He's one of my favorite. He's one of the ones who taught me that there didn't need to be screaming ADs. You don't need to yell. You don't need to. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about, I mean, we can even go to the anecdotal stories of uh, my buddies who work with um, – Clint Eastwood, that there's no yelling. Mm. You do not yell on no, that. No, no, no. Right. That it's, yeah, that's him. That's, yeah. that's him just going, everyone's no, ready no. and looking, and, and, and Clint Eastwood just goes, go ahead. I mean, that's how it goes. Yeah. When he is, instead of cut, he says, uh, that's enough of that. Yeah. And it's just, <laughs> it's, I haven't had the pleasure. I'm dying to him and the, um, the Coen brothers. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's my dream as well to work with them. Those, mo- of those models of an eight hour date, we shoot what we need to shoot. And then we go home mm-hmm. and we're, uh, okay. yeah, it's yeah. such a rare thing and it, it's so rare, mm. but it, they, they show that the model exists and not only does the model exist, the movies come out are amazing, you know? Sure. Yeah. So yeah, the art is not suffering. The arts doesn't suffer if, if you do it and, and that's what Aldrich taught me. And that's what I've learned through some ADs growing up. Uh, I had another, a couple other ADs that taught me that along the lines. And, and it was amazing to see this level headedness and this great. And, and, but it's such a world where production will find a way to fill its day is a statement we have out here, you know? Mm. 
So even mm. though we do, you have you have a production company say, "Oh, we, we can't stop now. There's money that's being spent. Let's shoot something else." We're like, we don't have the location, the actor, whatever. I mean, what do we? And you'll have directors creating more things to do and doing mm. longer takes because you know instead of like, okay, we got it, we're good, let's move on. And it's an interesting thing that I've seen more of than the Clean Eastwood or the Coen Brothers method, where it's you come in, you get what you need to get. You, you, you work as hard and fast and it's big stuff. And then you go home, mm. you know? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's hope uh, we see more of that because it seems like it's, uh, well, of course it's not a myth, but it seems like it's the prevailing uh, idea that movies should be really hard to make and you should really kick your ass doing them and blah, 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 you know, so yeah. on and so forth. Well, that's, I mean, it's an interesting thing because uh, we do. I mean, the Directors Guild sets for our department and then, you know, it's it's in L.A. and in the, the States in general. And when it's a state-based film, you're based, you, you, it's budgeted at like a 12-hour day, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's and the, a standard day, isn't it? And, and then we have Fratter Days. Fratter Days... To me, Fratter Days began when we were working on X-Files. X-Files was a show that was a beast of its own and such a creation and so amazing to work on. Um, but mm. that's where, to me, the single camera TV show model of of just, we're going to shoot a movie almost every freaking episode. Sure, yeah, yeah. Was, was when I, I mean, I was in before that, but that's where it really felt, I was in the industry before that, and that was the first one that really felt that way. And that's where the term, yeah. the, the coin, the phrase Fratterdays started really kicking in because a Fratterday was what you would get because it is that it's, it's even though they budget for 10 hours, usually that's what your budget shows. There's when you make right. a budget, you, you set it for a 10 hour because that's why IATSE is set for is a 10 hour day. Usually some members get a 10 hour mm-hmm. guarantee. Some members it's eight. So there it's kind of set for that. And then everything after that's overtime. But what the unions have put in is penalties. And what are the penalties? Financial. Yeah. Yep. So you go past 12 and it's not cost effective to keep working in theory. Um, no. no, 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 no. So that's what. But sometimes you have to. Well, more often than not. I mean, we are, I have, it's been very, very rare indeed. As I said, it's the Eastwoods, the Cohen brothers. There are a handful of other directors that I've had the pleasure to work with that have fallen into that and do it. But it's a 13 hour day shooting. Which for mm. Teamsters, you know, it's uh, not as bad. I mean, I mean, it's horrible because a Teamster drivers, um, they're there before anyone and leave after everyone. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is what has created the image of a Teamster where people go, oh, he's just lazy. Look at him. He's just sleeping. Or that guy's laying over there. It's like, that dude was here, <laughs> you know, and he's going to be driving. Four in our, the morning. Yeah. yeah. And he's driving our gear he on the way somebody up. somebody up at the airport. Yeah. 4.30. Yeah. So... You know, I mean, that, those guys work so hard. Yeah, they've got some downtime, but their their sleep schedule sucks. Sure. Um, yeah, but they also got something to do most times during the day because something needs to be hauled over mm-hmm. there, and some pe- person needs to be picked up over there. And yeah, uh, but I've always always been kind of uh, impressed with those guys. Like if you if I've been staying at like a, a hotel for a production or something, and 
even when I'm going home, they're like, okay, when are we picking you up from the hotel to take you to the airport? But, well, I'm done. Do you, do you want to do that? Oh, that's great. And sure enough, there's a Teamster yeah. guy or whatever, a driver, five o'clock in the morning to yeah. pick you up. Yeah. And I'm, I'm almost like, I feel ashamed. <laughs> like, well, but, I dragged you out of bed for this. But that's the thing is like, and then you go from that, you get the Teamster hours to then it's really the locations and AD, but locations switch off half the days between some one so they're usually pretty good but then you're they're there long and then it's mm. the ad's and production staff that are there and then make a pair and wardrobe and then you get also the electrician if you have to have an electrician light stuff up so it then it then it mm. snowballs but our day directors guild of america for an ad is a 16 at 16 hours they have to pay a double day depending on your staffing of course if you only have a first and a second oh. we okay. don't have thirds out here we're called second seconds out here uh most of europe has thirds uh, so it's a oh first, yeah yeah I've seen second. that you're called second second a lot on IMDb. Uh, it's not strange that uh, all this can be confusing for somebody who's not really in it. Uh, like for us actors, for example, when we show up on set, like five different pre- people are going to deal with us right. in different ways and say like, "Oh, well, here's your script for the, for the day." Okay, that's one person, and then you're going to talk to somebody else about adding an extra day, and then some third person is going to take you to wardrobe, and then uh, maybe the same person will guide you b- back to whatever, and then you're going to meet the first AD, and but the, this, there's a second AD that deals with something else some other time, and then some fifth person come and say, "Well, you're done for the day." You're like, who are you now? You know, and that might be you. <laughs> I guess you know the second second so but nobody really we're not being led through who's doing what just if somebody comes to talk to you and tells you what what you know that's one of the things I try to do is especially when I'm keying firsting when I'm up there or as a second second I, I I think it's important as an AD to we're a communication hub we're the center of a mm. pinwheel and we are um there are some ADs that say, oh, AD stands for all departments. I, I completely disagree with that. I, I mm. completely disagree with that. I, I, so they said it's more of assisting all departments. Our job is to facilitate the communication yeah. of the crew. And part of that is when someone comes in, it's like, hey, this is who I am. Eat, uh, sorry, because it's frustrating to see because people go, we don't have time <laughs> to teach. I'm like, well, if we don't teach, then that person's not going to do the job. And now I have to work twice as hard. If the person under me knows what to do and how I want it done, then I don't have to do Mm. that job and I can go do my job or other jobs. So in that process, as someone comes, the AD should go, Hey, this is who it is. And then, and in here, we usually have someone who runs base camp. Then we have, uh, I mean, I can break down the hierarchy for you. So it should be for, for an actor, a good way is, you know, there's someone who runs the base camp. It's either PA. That's where I came up or it could be an AD Mm. nowadays because we're doing it more union positions. And it's like mm. that person's your your base camp person. They're the ones who tell you mm. when to leave. And that's a big argument for me. They're like, okay, you're finally done. I mean, the, on set, the director or the ADs will go, anyone anyone will say to you on set, hey, you're done, go home. But then the last person mm. you see is that, that base camp person who says, okay, hey, here's your day. Here's what we see you again or we don't see you again. Sign out here. Um, you guys mm. have exhibit Gs out there. You have a time card that you have to sign out. Uh no. So here we have what's called an exhibit G for SAG or I, uh, AFTRA. And that's where you have to, the actor who comes in for the day, it's a daily time card for the actor that they approve, which as it goes up, a lot of the actors can care less because there's levels where you just get paid a rate, you know? 
There's mm. different levels. But then in general, the day players and the people, they come in and they have a G that we do that called the Exhibit G. You can look on uh, SAG's website. You can take a look at it or just look it up and see what it is. And it's a time card. So it says, this person came in at this time. Mm. He went to lunch at this time. They're in makeup and hair from here to here um, because wow. there's, there's the rules. And then they left... They left the day here. And then you, as the actor, look at that and then sign your name on the right. Um, hmm. So you have proved those does times. That really, what does that matter when you went to lunch or, or whatever? Because we get paid by the days, uh, usually, if we're not the star and get paid. Not like, if you're... Not if you're clump some for the whole thing. Not if you're union. It's, a, it's an eight-hour base. After is oh, yeah, a little okay, different. Yeah. Hmm. After you have, because it's, it's more from a theatrical-based system... With an actor show, you actually get paid for the blocks of windows you work on each episode. I did a, a show in Hawaii. It was my mm. biggest first after show. And it was, I had to put, we did three episodes a day, and I'd have to mix the times so that they'd get paid for three episodes that day. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. SAG okay. is based mm. on eight-hour day. Even our background, our extras, you know, if they're, they're union- they're based on an eight-hour day. If they don't get their lunch at yeah. the, if they don't get their meal at a break at a six hours, there's meal penalties. Har- yeah. har- oh, that's funny to me. You can actually make a living being an extra out there. You could. That's amazing. Yeah, we you couldn't do that here. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's it's a hobby here. I mean, because you get you're making above minimum wage. You can earn insurance through the Screen Actors Guild and mm. AFTRA, and mm. it's not mm. bad. It's it's not bad at all. I actually tell. When people ask me they want to get into production, I say you should go be an extra for a bit to get what's called your set sense. So that yeah, spe- absolutely, especially yeah. if you're an actor, actors too. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, we, we have to learn on the job when it comes to that thing because mm-hmm. even we, if we've gone to a prestigious drama school or a, even a f- film school as I have, uh, then you're still going to be surprised about a lot of things when you show up on set and like, oh shit. Shit just got real. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like and, you, um, you land mm. and if it's even it's a small production, you've got where, where do you go? What's who do I listen to? Like mm. you were saying earlier on. Mm. What yeah. you know, what well, is if you're an actor, you will get told that somebody will come to you and like really baby you basically. But if you're an extra, you're going to be treated like a piece of furniture. <laughs> you're t- walking, talking, eating props. That's what they're they're yeah. uh, they're treated and I tried to treat him. Another, there was another, uh, Dave Vingus is an AD who uh, I worked on a thing. I think it was Krippendorf's Tribe. And when I was young, young again, young, he, I had always felt it was hard because we were coming up. There was a couple other ADs I can mention that were wonderful. But there were some that, you know, the day player ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a guy, Artist Robinson, who, Artist Robinson, D.D. Jones, Heather Jones, who were like mentors as I was coming up. But then there are others that you day play and treat people like shit. And there's still people that treat extras like they're nothing. But they're people too. Eighty yeah. percent of them are crazy. Yeah. It's the only job you come right out of jail and, and go <laughs> get a job. And having said that statement, some of the ones that just got out of jail and yeah. have a job are better than the ones that have been doing it for ten years because they have that right. they, they yeah. want the job. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. But either that or stunt people, they can also be kind of jailbird sometimes oh stunts are i love stunts teams are stunts great mm. great people great people because stunts are mm. stunts are the actors that that will sit in the dirt and sit in the dunk you know 
Meaning, yeah. it's the guys that, and they're sweet too. And they're a little crazy. I mean, everyone knows that actor, any actor, that's what mm-hmm. I was saying when I talk about background, 80% of them are crazy, but you have to have a little bit something to be this industry. Any, any, any part of this industry, there's a little yeah. bit something where yeah. you're like, I'm going to work these hours and I'm going to do this lifestyle and give me the rush. You know, it's a drug working mm-hmm. in the film mm-hmm. industry. Yeah. Well, what is that for you? I mean, did you kind of decide when you were young that, hey, I'm going to do f- movies, I'm going to be in film, no matter what it takes? Or did you just kind of fall into it and just, okay, I guess this is my life now? I wish I wish it was my dream world. Um, growing up in Los Angeles, uh, it, you can't escape it, especially in the years I grew up. I mean, uh, I, was, um, sure, sure. I was born in 71, so I'm an old fart. Um, and I've been, I've been in the industry since about 91. Um, Mm. and, but growing up here in the eighties, when you had the Academy Awards down in Hollywood, which is here, you know, it's our backyard. Um, Mm. the city shut down back then. It was like, you know, it was like a Mm -hmm. big, it's an event and people would come home from work early and. It was it was a whole different world. Now it's it's changed a little bit. It's not as drastic as that, but it was that way. So most people either I mean our city is again, I, I go on tangents. Our city is based on uh agriculture, um filming and aerospace. And both of that yeah. was because when it came here, it was desert lands and it was that. It's now changed dramatically and it's been an interesting thing to see. Uh, this city changed and it's going on another aspect now that, you know, incentives have become a thing around the world. I mean, when, when Vancouver started the incentive system or made the incentive system work and how that mm. changed tax and inc- mm. tax incentives is what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, yeah. It's been amazing to see our, because we got greedy. I mean, you would ask to film somewhere and everyone's like, Oh, you're, you know, who, who are you? And I want billions of dollars. I mean, we, I ran, I, but I ran into that into Jordan when I went and did our film. Uh, a friend of mine was, we went out and did his film, but we went to Jordan just after Hurt Locker was there, and we were doing a low budget film, right? Mm. And they were, they were like, we're in these small areas and we're a lower budget film, and they're like, oh well, y- you want this hut, this little, this little adobe house because we're shooting out in the wadi and this little thing. And they're like, well, that's going to be a million dollars, and we're like, that's that's not us, right, right. no. Mm. And that's what was happening in LA. Well, they think they can get that. So, yeah, yeah, they do because her yeah. locker was just yeah. there and it threw money. And that's what happened in LA is like that started happening. And then people started like, I got to get to work. I have, I would have more as a PA, more issues. Um, locking up uh, a lockup is when you try to stop people from coming into frame, you stand there and you're like, Hey, oh, yeah, sure. hold on a second. We're shooting this way. I need you to wait a minute. I'd have more problems mm. in the affluent areas, Beverly Hills and those, where people would like, I got places to be, get out of my sure. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I the, have rights. Yeah, and, and that became such a thing here. So it was harder to shoot sometimes because they're like, you know, and that's changed a little bit. But yeah, it's, it's been an interesting world here. For, for growing up yeah but that is uh that is a big difference uh, as well uh, i had um, a director called uh, manuel concha on the show last summer and he's a swedish guy but he lives in la now and uh, so he had that experience of they shot something down some street somewhere and the, then they realized oh it would be good if we could shoot a little thing in that barber shop over there 
And like, I'm just going to run in and check if I can. We can we can do that real quick because he was used to doing that here back in Sweden, and just somebody would just say, "Well, yeah, I guess okay, do that." But when he came in in L.A. in that barbershop, they were like, "Okay, uh, for every scissor you want, it's fifty dollars, and then you know you're yeah. making a film. I see. Yeah, right. you know, they had like a list of things that, that they rented out, and their day rates for <laughs> for film people, which as as heard it, but at the same time, a film company, a film a film crew was a destructive machine you know you come mm. into an area and you've got these people and and it's amazing uh there are some really wonderful crews that do try to keep track of things but when you come through you're coming through with guys and their whole focus is the film and and all that mm. so you know i'm gonna nail into this wall we need to move this we need to you know it's like that and that's uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a priority has always been what is feeding feeding the lens what is feeding the camera yep. and so a mm. lot of stuff gets mishandled so there has been and i tell people mm. if you're gonna have a film crew in your house have a lockdown rule i also tell people have more fun with it don't like gouge unless it's like you see a huge name or something but make sure that you have a contract that says this goes back to the way it was because it's mm. tough and the lower the budget sometimes mm. i don't know how to put this the lower the budget sometimes is not as organized um we have levels right. here. Yeah, sure. And, and mm. you know, reality and music videos and all that have come up, but it's still a different beast than a studio film. There's a studio way, mm. and then there's different ways. And I, and a lot of crews hate hearing that. Um, a lot of, I, I speak of where I came up. I came up in a studio world. So I've seen a way, yeah. and it's been a thing. And then when you start doing all these lower budget stuff, I've had to learn to adapt because it's different prospects and and you know i did a reality thing and it was like this guy's an associate producer go get my coffee and this guy was like yeah and i'm like that's that's an that's a that's a production assistant no no he's an associate Mm. producer and it was just interesting to see how titles on the change yeah and uh, we've been talking about this on the podcast as well the the differences between the the worlds in europe sweden and uh, and and you guys that you really have those clear-cut roles and the unions don't allow you to do anything else but in sweden it might be like oh could you go and do that thing now and do this job that's not really your job but we need you to do that right now and they would be like all right but in the in this in the states it would probably be more like no you're not allowed to touch that because then all the uh, insurance will go out the window and all that stuff. Well, yeah, there's some big pluses with that. I mean, the bigger the show, like the bigger the show, you need a, a person for each task because it's so vast. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. person, you know, it's that whole thing. You can be a jack of all trades or you can be really good at your one trade, you know? Sure. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when you hire the guys, the theory yeah. is if it's a union guy or that, they are so good at that job that that's what they do. And they focus on that. So it's, you, you need to yeah. focus on that. You're more specialists out there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of my issues with film schools is film schools teaching to make student films nowadays. The technology is now sure. so there. But like when film schools started back in the day, having a camera was impossible to get a hold of. Now I have a yeah. camera in my hand that can not only shoot better mm-hmm. than some things it can edit in my hand and I can post it in my mm. hand, you know? Mm. So it's changed. The dynamic has changed. And there's so much data in the internet where you can sit there and watch all the behind the scenes. You can sit and listen to a, a, yeah. like, you know, the master classes or, or just behind the scenes footage and learn from that. I think school is important. I, I highly say that school is so important because it, what it does is it does a, 
the best thing of we're storytellers, right? Yeah. Actors are storytellers. The you whole, need to learn that. The whole team. Mm. What makes a good story is having a life mm. of experiences. You know? Yeah. Yep. But when you get these kids that come and talk to me and they're like, I want to be a filmmaker. I'm doing, I'm, 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 they got blinders on and they're like, I'm doing mm. just the film school. I'm like, well, but then you're missing what, what is the psychology of filmmaking? Do you know how to handle your money? Like, how do you handle a budget? Like, how do you think, well, I'll hire people to do that. I'm like, yeah, but as you're coming up, you, yeah. what makes you a better storyteller is having more life experiences around it. So college is perfect. College yeah. is great for that. Yeah. And then also, why are you want to, why do you want to be a filmmaker? Uh, what's behind that? Uh, and uh, do you want to say something? All that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what is and, what is it? Uh, and what and, is and it I always think it, when it comes to film schools, uh, two big things uh, that are great about them is that you get the experience of doing, and uh, probably like what you were broaching onto there, like you're trying out different things, and then you might realize what you want to specialize in. Exactly. And then also you get access to the equipment, so you can do your first project maybe and have something in your back pocket when you get out of there uh, that comes with the big price tag of going to the school in the first place. Well, now that the world is flat, you know, and we're able to travel everywhere and do everything. If you were mid, mid, if you were not East coast, West coast, or I'm not going to even get into Atlanta, there's issues there for me. Um, you know, they, their example of, a, uh, of a big monster coming and everyone's filming great there and you, and they work quick and fast and they don't, Meaning that instead of putting in the time, I just worked on the last two Marvel movies. I can be mm. the best at this. It's like you've just mm. worked the last two Marvel movies. You, you haven't, you know, your experience isn't great. Those are huge and big, but now you need to work. Mm. You know, a lot, of, a lot of people from Atlanta who worked on like those come to L.A. and can't hack it. You know, it's different. Okay. What is the deal with Atlanta? Is it ta- tax incentives uh, that makes Atlanta big? Yeah. It's ta- they, they gave a huge tax incentive. It was cheaper to film there. Um, when it comes down to filmmaking, there are the rare few that are about telling the story, but it's, it's a huge mm. thing about making the, making the money. You know, how much does it cost? How can we make this is less mm. expensive to get our best mm. doing and tell the story we want to tell. Um, there are differences and there are a lot of people that are there, but even like even Spielberg, people don't really, even Spielberg has to atone to some money person who's saying, this is how much it's going to cost. And you're now going over. Budget. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, of course. Yeah. That probably why uh, a lot of directors nowadays go to Netflix because Netflix, they do have money and give you some form of creative freedom as, uh, as well. Yeah. The there's, time. there's been a more like that Martin has Scorsese or, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, uh, what is it? Uh, I haven't read it. I've read parts of it, you know, and the, Easy Riders and Raging Bulls is a story of the transition from Oh yeah. The the studio system started with with these five guys and they were like, We own everybody, we even own you as an actor. You work for us, you do what we tell you to do. Yeah, that's so strange. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And the directors were that way too. Like, you work for us. And that was why uh, I remember the wonderful director who would put his hat. He was told, I can't remember it right now. Um, but there's a wonderful old director who one of the classics, not Howard Hawks, not one of the other ones, but he would, they were telling him always to shoot another take and he was happy with what he did, but the studio wanted other takes and they would, and he knew mm. that they would use the take he didn't want. So he would always put his hat just inside those frames. So right off lens. <laughs> Sabotage. And yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. David Lean. I think it was David Lean. 
I know that we're again on another tangent. Um, but. Oh, we're going to just have a lot of tangents. <laughs> uh, here's here's one. Yeah. It's like okay, back up all the way back to like the the name of this show. Basically, I actually saw a video with um, Adam Savage earlier today, and he uh, oh, he him. was talking about film film workers and that a lot of them or you, let's say, uh, say I used to be an artist. And then they got into like being a film worker in some specific field or whatever. But do you consider yourself being an artist? Is this like an artistic field that you're in, being like an AD or a second second AD or whatever it is, maybe? Well, that's. I mean, for me, I think an AD, assistant director, uh, in any departments, we are create. It's it's a it's a version of like creative and management. Not that they're not can't go together. I think that there's creative. It's it's one of the things that happens. We have a thing called the Dir- Directors Guild uh, DJ training program, and now I recommend people doing it after they've had some set mm-hmm. experience. But you'd get these guys that would come out of all over the nation, and they're like, "I want to be an AD because that will get me to become a director." It's not. We're mm-hmm. we're very management based. We're creative yeah. in that we have to come <laughs> up with ideas to make things work in a short period of time, like okay, this is what we got and we have the experience and we, we have to make things work. And, and we're creative in that we help set the background and we do help, you know, all these pieces and we work directly with the director. Um, mm. But we're management, we're managing people. We're, and I don't mean management as, as I said before, how we are, our job is to assist all the departments to help guide them. I have an antidote about watching the three crew, DP, elect, gaffer and, and uh, grip standing there, when they were ready and had not communicate with each other, having a conversation, you know, it's a, it's a good, mm. it's a good little end. So it's not as creative as we want A lot of ADs do become AD, uh, directors in television, mostly more than features, but we do because uh, yeah. we have that creative gene in us. We want to be creative like all humans do. Um, but it's, it's usually we become UPM and producers and later on we'll, you know, do it. But a lot of us have that, mm. but it's not creative as mm. much. But as a big picture, we're all creative. It is still a creative field. Yeah. You're still creating a story. You're still, you know, each explosion gets less and less when you're, you know, you're like, oh, my God, I just blew up this building. Oh, my God, I blew up the car. You know, and then after a while, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, roll. And you get the fun kids who have not seen it. Like, I have them go stand and do the lockup while I make sure it's safe. And they watch the explosion. But it's still us as a team <laughs> being creative. Mm. Um, mm. But my job is more management of people than getting to have the fun storytelling. Well, then I, you know, then I have taken, uh, there was a TV show I worked on, uh, it was called Gilmore girls. And we were on the back lot and we had a lot of the same background oh, yeah. and it was so much mm. fun because I would be creative with my background. I would, and I, and that's why I say how harken back again, a lot of hearkening, um, to treating extras as people. That's where our creativity is as a, as, as my, as a second, second, as a key second AD in LA, you're more often not, management scheduling you know the first ad builds the schedule hands it to the key second and you're basically at that point running it a whole thing and checking with the first if it's okay but now it's gotten so big you're basically just you're scheduling a lot you know you're you're mm-hmm. your management you're not creative as a second second what we have here they're usually on set supporting the first and they're setting background and that's and that's so much fun is like i've set up some fun scenes in the background of a film's um, where like someone's getting arrested or, or these kids are doing this bit and you, you can't go, <laughs> you can't go too creative because you don't want to draw eye from the lead actors, 
I t- no, no. <laughs> I, t- I tell the background, I said, you guys are, I have a speech. I try to get the speech in when I have time. Is You guys are actors, right? How many of you guys are actors? Raise your hand. That's one of my favorite things to do. So this is my creative as okay. an AD. So I'm in the room with a background and I'll say, uh, as a second thing, I say, how many of you are actors? Raise your hand. And it's funny to see who does. You can start feeling mm. out your, your group of 100 to 500 to 20. And they go, okay, so everyone with your hands down, look at the guy there because that's an actor. So follow what he does. You know, if you're not here, be, oh, okay. if you're not here to be an actor and you're here for something else, come talk to me later. If I have time, I'll gladly talk to you about filmmaking. But for right now, you're here as a background and I need you to be an actor. I need you to be interesting. There will be times yeah. where um, you're just going to walk back and forth behind camera. I'll have that granted. But as an actor, here's acting class 101 for you. We are paying you. Please have a sequence. Please have a character, have a dream, have a, why are you doing this scene or why are you here? Here's acting 101. You have to pantomime with your other person and make it look real. Don't do the zombie walk where you just walk past camera. So that's where no. we, yeah, at yeah. the same time, not grabbing any attention away Correct. from what's going on. Correct. hundred percent. Because that is something that, that, that is one of the, like the top 10 things you don't realize as a director can fuck up your movie. That's, you know, background oh, yeah. extras. Oh, there's. You, don't, you usually don't realize uh, until you're sitting in the editing bay either. Like, what the hell is going on with that guy in the background? Right. There's. Why a, is he shoveling, shoveling uh, like one foot above the ground? Yeah. <laughs> or, or we like have. That, you know? We've we've gotten used to now the cell phone cro- where everyone's always on a cell phone, or some dude stopping and checking his watch. You know, there's. And all, he doesn't have a watch. Yeah, he doesn't have a watch. <laughs> but but that five guys stop behind your actor and check their watch because. That's what I'm saying is as an, as a background actor, yeah, yeah. as a background actor, you want to be in the scene. You want to be seen as much. There's even some that are like, that guy was there and there and there and there because they keep putting themselves to camera. You know, and it's like, mm. no, I need you to yeah. be here. Mm. Your support now. Yeah. And yeah. that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's where the creative comes in is where you're, you get to do that. And then you're, you are creative. Is there points where it's just a job? I've had some that have been just a job where I've come in, I want to do my job and I want to get out. I have a lot. There's there's other ads I work with that that's how they believe. There's I know directors that I was doing uh, Hallmark movies. There were these little Hallmark movies back in the day as we we're getting up, mm-hmm. and there are directors. They're they're guns for hire. They come in like mm-hmm. okay, script says this. Stand here, stand here, say it over, over, done, out. It's a paycheck. Yeah, yeah. I mean they're they're still they don't really have a vision. They just do what the writer once basically well, they do what they know will sell and they're hired for that and they're good for that i mean all there's a lot of tv that does that uh, yeah and move back mm-hmm. then movies of the week where it's you know where you know this guy knows you how to come in get the day and it's time when when it becomes when it's on a series that's been on a long time the actors know how to be who they are they've been in the characters mm-hmm. longer than the director that's come in for the day the crew yeah. the crew knows how to light these sets They've been lighting them for five years. Mm, mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the know, they know the look of the show. They yeah. know the look of the show. And so you get a director who's coming in who's like, oh, let's be fancy and cool, which is great. And they usually sometimes breathe life into it. But at the same time, I've seen mm. those crazy directors come to actors and actors like, no, my character wouldn't. You know, I'm going to do this. You know, there's some bad, mm, yeah. there's some bad actors. But then there's the actors that will go like, my character really doesn't do that here's how my character motivates. And then they, they're able to communicate it. 
and it's it works with the dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It but has then, to be a discussion there. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's good. But that, you, so you can do that there. when you're that level. I've I've seen it happening, and uh, me me as not uh, an established actor on that level, and I have never been more than you know uh, supporting or day player or whatever. And when I see that happening, I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> it's kind of well, I think uh, I think as a day- kind of t- t- titillating, like oh shit, he's actually protesting and going to his trailer, right. and you're like, no, nope, wow. not going to do that. Yeah, got to be right. <laughs> That's it's. I mean, as a as a young, your creativity will be in in one of your takes. So you give them the take they want, you know, as just the day player, and you make sure you hit your mark and you hit your thing, and you you're you're feeding the lead, right? Your job is to yeah. enhance the lead. And to make your point there. Mm. But after you've done one or two takes where you feel it's good, I think, you know, if you, if you don't have the ball, if you don't have the, the bravito to come up to the, like, you don't think you can go up to the director and have that conversation. It's okay to twist your, tweak your, your acting skill a little bit and kind of give them a different take. And then if you see where it flies or not, mm. you know, if you can't, if you don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. But be yeah. careful because oh you, yeah, I've, I've done that, but yeah. I can't really feel like uh, I, I I can't do anything more than please the director, basically. In in my case, and just it's if he's happy or she's happy, great, and uh, I've done my job. And uh, yeah, the only <laughs> times I've actually been kind of oh, it's when they cut lines that I loved. Right, <laughs> you know? I'm not going to say that anymore. Damn it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Right. Right. <laughs> Well, and, and then you can like slip it in just as long as you don't, you just got to feel the room, you know, and sometimes you can't, mm. sometimes you shoot yourself in the foot, but you got to be you. And that's part of the creative process. That's the team, the one liner, the guy in the, the background in the corner, the craft service guy who's, you know, there's fun stories about how craft service was created, but the craft service guy who, who, uh, you know, is, is helping support all of that creates the creative flow, you know, that all helps mm. makes it a team and, and a good set should feel like a team. And then therefore coming back, we all are being creative in our, in our way. And it's, it's fun. Mm. Um, mm. But, but there are times where it's, as I said, the, the uh, I've seen those directors, even on studio shows, just come in and go through the paces, mm. you know, yeah. and, and you must have seen a lot of that when, uh, when a set is not a team, uh, when you feel like you can barely keep this house together. and uh... Yes, I've been on sets that have been not family-oriented, where it doesn't feel like you're working together, where there's mm. an individual, um, I, you know, and I, I try not to, that everyone has a bad day, and there's individuals that create this need, and there's, there's very few people I badmouth because, well, one, it's not polite. Two, there's so much mm. that... There's an actor that I worked with on one show, and then I worked with him on another show, and that actor was completely different, you know. And the show was completely okay. different. You know, might have been a, something to do with character and being a, a bit too methody or whatever. Right for an actor or uh, directors or uh, assistant directors or producers that mm. the feel are different. You know, there's only a mm. handful of people that less than a handful that I'll bad math, um, but like. A a point I try to make a lot of times is is Christian Bale on uh, Terminator. Oh yeah, Salvation. Yeah, Salvation. So uh, Christian Bale on Terminator Salvation. He he did this moment where he he gets recorded and it's like I'm 
like this and how dare you why do you do it and he's lost his basically lost his shit right oh yeah 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 yeah. and everyone's like oh actors oh this well i've worked with christian on a couple things and other people have worked Mm. with christian and he is a pure professional sweet sweet man well, that was why why he lost it because the other guy he didn't feel like he was a professional at the time. He, he the, the thing was that he walked into his eye line while while they were rehearsing and fixing a light or something that's, like that. Yeah. That's what people don't get because Christian had the microphone. He's the actor in front of the face, and so this goes to yeah. you know some bad sets and good sets. And on that set, that DP is known. I have only worked with him for like when I day played, but I've had other people worked with that director of photography before. Or cinematographer. Mm. There's a whole argument in the director's guild about, you know, are they directors or not? Cinematographer. Uh, and mm. he does. Mid-scenes, he goes and changes lights. This is what I've been told. I saw it myself once, so, but that was one show, as I like to say. I like to give everyone chances. Mm. And, but other people have worked with him, and he, he tweaks. And he goes in mm. in scenes, and he walks in, and he, he sets a light and changes things. That's what's been told to me. I've seen it once. Um, and he knew I'm not going to be in frame, so that it doesn't matter. But he was right. in Christian's eyeline, so that's distracting when he's trying to like, be real in the moment and truthful. Uh, of course, hundred percent. And uh, yeah, and actually, I got to say, I uh, I heard Christian Bale on a radio show two weeks later talking about this, and he explained the situation, and he also said that. Well, what you heard was just my mm-hmm. my rage, and you didn't hear what happened later. You didn't hear. You didn't know what happened later that day because he said, "Like we're still friends." I mean, we we got over that that day, right? So, I mean, that afternoon we were fine. So, yeah, you know, Chris, Christian was mic'd. Nobody else was. If you listen to it, you hear the director, you hear the ad, you hear them kind of trying. To, but after so many times of this guy doing it, and you're in this main scene, you're gonna lose it. You know, mm. but so yeah, take everyone it die by day, and that's what I'm saying. It's like we have our bad days. So there are sets where they're bad. Um, there was a guy I worked mm. for named Chris Stokes. He's one of the names that I will badmouth openly, and and just he was terrible. That was the worst set I worked on this movie. I'm not going to say the name. He's got you know there was mm. it was amazing thing is he had someone working for him who was the sweetest guy. And just so helpful, and he was there. But everyone else around this guy was this, this terrible. And there, like, we shut down. This is the only time I've been on a set where I've seen it happen before. But this time, where the Teamsters shut the down, shut down everything. They came with cat. They came with suitcases of cash. Started up again, <laughs> and then shut it all down after they counted. It said, "That's for everything you've owed us." And this is week one of shooting. Oh. <laughs> that doesn't bode well. We and we never finished it. Uh and it was just so uh, amazing this guy and had just disconnect and just the bad vibe. And we had some good people. We I I we had brought some good stunt people on. There were some good people involved. There was there was a lot there was these young actors being told, "Oh, we're going to get you SAG. We're going to do this. You're going to go SAG. We're going to get you union." Mm, you can't. Mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. no, no. This we're not going to pay you much, but we're going to put you in. You're going to be a dancer and you're going to get in the union. And he kept Everyone was perpetuating that, which was not at all what was going to happen. And these people would show up and try to work. And they're like, on this, I'm like, no, you're not. You can't be, Mm. you know, it was. Mm. So so those are those bad moments. Mm. They're they're bad sets that happen. But a good set is treated Mm. like a family. A good, a good set is when you go and you, everyone cares about it is trying to make the same 
It's trying to feed the lens together. You know, mm. you still yeah, yeah. you still have the people. Well, that I I, good, so. I, I, t- I tend to find uh, find that situation okay. as well. Um, I, I tend to find that it can be like that. That one person is enough to mess up a set. And like the the whole set will have a bad vibe if we have one bad egg, let's say. Yeah, well, I've there was one uh, film I did where there was a big actor on it, and he was the lead, and then there was an even bigger actor that was guest starring, and it was amazing mm. to see how that actor would behave. So it was a big it was a big actor, and it was a big major film, and he would behave one way. And then we had a, a female actor that was guest who, who was just, she was, she is the, one of the Queens of filmmaking, you know, when, when people talk about her, mm-hmm. they do. So when, when she wasn't there, his behavior was, he was late and he would always do this and he would, he wanted improv and it was all about his scene and his moment. He was also a sweet, sweet man. I mean, he did some wonderful things for the crew, but it was like that. But when she was on set, he was there. He was there full foes mm. and all that. And it was amazing to see that because he was, a, he was a sweet guy to the crew. He was a sweet thing, but it's a weird vibe. You know, it is, it takes that one moment, mm. that one yeah. thing, uh, you know, and, and then you, the sad part is when you would see this other actor come on who everyone adored and it was amazing. He would change to be that. I mean, to show respect, I think, I think it was him's way of showing respect that he wouldn't do it because this actor's here. So I need to show that I am a professional, all that. But when the actor was gone, I didn't know mm. if it was a conscious thing. When the, that actor, when she was not on set, when she wasn't working, he was mm. not easy to work with. And that, come, mm. that feeds down. On Perfect Storm, I did a second unit of Perfect Storm. It was the most amazing thing we did. Um, there was a UPM there who is just such a great guy. I love working with him. Uh, he, mm. he is another one that... I had, I'm just like, oh, you're someone I want to learn from. You're, you know, like that. Because what we did was, mm. as it got busier and busier, we had to do two units. Uh, and, oh, of course. Yeah. And which happens. But we were on a sound stage. We were on a stage, a water stage in Warner Brothers. And this, uh, it's Dun- yeah. Duncan Henderson is the, uh, he was executive producer in the UPM. So amazing. He he kind of went, okay, we're going to split. We're going to split the day. It was him and a guy named RJ Mino, who I love very much too, um, mm-hmm. uh, who, was his, who came up as his assistant and worked a lot, and it's a great guy. And they, they split the day. So Wolfgang shot during the day, and then we came in with an amazing second unit director who has now passed, who has done some great films. Um, and mm. he... <clears throat> we... Uh, we would come in the second half. So they would shoot 12 and then we'd come in all night and shoot 12. And then they would come in and they would shoot 12. And, you know, so it was Mm. 24 hour filming on this one, this one set. So that was crazy and fun. Yeah. Can't have been easy, but with working with all that water and tanks and tools and whatever it is. Yeah. Dave, David Ellis was the second unit director and just a sweet, sweet man. He did a, I can't remember what it was called. Um, he did a movie. He was able to direct his own movie. Um, he did stakes on a plane. I worked with him on cellular, but he did stakes oh, on yeah. a plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was a surfer and a great guy, and he passed. Um, mm. uh, and so we would do, we would have a casual shoot and all that, and it was great. Everybody on that, and I, and I, I, I think it was, you know, 
my interactions were with Duncan. I bet there was other people, Duncan and RJ, but everybody, the crew down, there was such a great vibe, you know, all the mm. way. Uh, and even, even Mark Wahlberg and Clooney. I mean, there was a $5 day. It's one of the biggest $5 days uh, we had where somebody won $30,000 because they put money in and, and we did this, 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 this mm-hmm. uh, wonderful prop guy who'd been in for years, Vic, uh, won and he was retiring on that show. So it was just, that's different because it's, it's, it needs to come from the top down, you know? Yeah. I'm kind of curious, actually. A, a thought occurred to me. Um, like, w- w- us actors can be, sometimes be a little bit, uh, well, let's say paranoid, maybe, uh, mm-hmm. because, you mm-hmm. know, we're, of yep. course, are sensitive people. <laughs> it's, it comes with a job. It's why I reference to young filmmakers to take an acting class, whether you want to be an actor or not, and psychology. To understand the motivation. Such a good point. And to understand what is an actor's head. To be a good director, you need to know how to communicate to an actor. And actors are a different breed. And we're all wonderful, but. And understand why why it's difficult to be an actor sometimes. You know, even though it maybe looks looks easy or something. But sometimes, uh, I know I'm not alone in this, we can get kind of the, um, the feeling that we're not really respected by the crew sometimes that mm. we're like oh we're prima donnas or uh, we just we uh, we are in like a necessary evil uh, it, like you would prefer it if we, you could just shoot some puppets on a <laughs> on a stage instead or whatever you know um uh, whereas i have been kind of working a little bit uh behind and in front and everything and i agree exactly with what you you were talking about like it's a team effort and the team effort goes from the lead actor down to mm-hmm. you know the the catering you know, and uh and we're all in this together you know but um uh so i don't know if you have gotten any kind of vibe from working with uh with actors or working with uh other crew and uh, like how are you guys talking about us when we're not around? <laughs> it depends. Is it like, it ugh. depends. I mean, you know. some of my favorite actors I've worked with, I feel bad because I'm saying names of crew members. I love to give them the support, but I'm trying not to name drop as well. Not sure. being like, Oh, I'm name dropping. Um, you know, mm. it, but in, but we're discussing our field. So it's saying names that we all understand. So I'm trying not to be like, Oh, I've done all this. Cause again, I'm just a team player. I've, I've been this sure. on these films. I'm not like the director producers. I'm just a helper. I'm a, I'm a team player. Yeah. But then again, you have been working on those. Things I have been. Those people, so, so, you know, yeah. I've had uh, amazing actors to work with. Uh, and, and a lot of them, you know, just so, so strong. And, and I'll name a couple of my favorites are, are Hugh Jackman to me mm. was so amazing. Mm. Just it, so, so for me, I've got like, I've got like, I have my list of ones that I've loved. Um, I, early on was Eric Bannon and Jennifer Connelly. I did a, a movie. You, mm. you, you'll, you'll pull up my stuff. So you'll see. Um, yeah. And, and no, that was Hulk, Eric Bannon. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, and Eric was, and Aang was amazing. Oh my God. See, that's another one where <laughs> I can go mm-hmm. on. But so, so amazing. And then on that movie, we had um, Sam Elliott. Now uh-huh, yes. I'll go through them again. Uh, you know, Will Smith, Hugh Jackman, Eric Bana, as and my males, like, oh my God, you know. And then, mm. you know, so those were great. And then and also um Sam Elliott, who would just when you get 
and I, I worked with Jean Renault on a film, and he he was the one who epitomized the difference between European actors and American actors, stage actors, and mm. um, uh, film actors. There's a there's a huge mm. difference. Now we can go into that tangent yeah, of the difference in <laughs> projecting and 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 stage. You have to be broader than life, and then on film, it's smaller in the mm. eyes. But we don't yeah, need to we've touch been talking that. a lot about that uh, on this podcast. So yeah, we don't so, really need to. So so yeah. there's that, but. A stage actor or someone who cares, and this is what the crew, I mean, he comes to do the job. Sam Elliott would wander around set working his lines um, and stand in for himself because then it's, you're lighting me. I mean, his, his was like, mm, mm. this is what mm. uh, you're lighting. My glorious mustache. So, you know, I, I'm here. I, I can be here. And then when he wasn't doing that, he would, he would be working on fan mail in his car or, or working on other projects in his trailer. And he would come in. Mm. His clothes would be set up. He would get himself dressed, hundred percent. Like go through it, mm, then mm. self motivate to where he needs to go. Always have a moment to help crew, and then he would um, come back and hang his clothes up, and put it all back, and then leave and check mm. in before he left. Pure professional, mm. sweet man. Yeah. So, so those mm. people are are great. The ones you'll hear about are the ones that I like. I spoke about before. There's another actor who I'm I'm not going to name here. Um. And he's been well known, and he people talk bad about him. The whole crew will talk bad about this guy. He's done a lot of mm. a lot of TV, and he's he's you know there's moments where he's really wonderful and nice, but the he has done one where so you want to talk crew will talk bad is when you're on set and your fellow actor that you're working with got sick and couldn't do your counter line with you couldn't couldn't work across you in a scene, so you had to push mm. the scene and you're mm. ready for it. And that messed up your day. Mm. Now, instead of being off this day, you had to come in. So he was furious. Mm. So when the uh, when it was the other person scene in the same episode, this is the lead of the show. He was like, and the other person scene was like, oh, no, I, I can't do it. I'm, I'm not feeling good. You're going to have to shoot a scene without me. And they had to shoot. Mm. And it was just spite. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, so do we talk mm. bad about, do, do crew talk about actors? Are there, we, if you come as an actor and you're a tool. And you come with the attitude of like, this is again, comes back to set sense where I think you should be an extra. Everyone should be an extra uh, just to feel it, just to feel the lowest rung and to be that and to see how you're being treated and see what it takes. Um, but mm. you have set sense, you know where to go. I've had blind extra actors come in and just, just like come with attitude and like, I'm great. I'm, I've got this thing and it's there, especially when you're talking about day players will come in. Um, and do that. And then you have the actors that come in who are, who are strong presence on set, but they realize they're part of a team. And so yeah. that's treated well. Uh, mm. So yeah, we all talk. It's, I mean, mm. it's a catty little, but just be nice know. and uh, be a team player and be a professional and all that. And then it will work out. I would start with be, be professional, then nice. Come yeah, in, yeah. <laughs> right? Hit it, but it's all part of a package. I mean, yeah. But nice will cover. Nice will cover up a lot of your mess ups, hundred percent. I mean, uh, Steve Carell was hysterical. Uh, had a pleasure again, another mm. person. But he would always goof up. He would goof up a lot, um, you know. But he would still be mm, yeah. so good at his job. But his goofy would let you like if you've taken ten takes because you're doing um, some random stuff. It's funny, you know. But yeah, yeah. at yeah. take twelve, it's like. Okay, we've just, you know, you've just made us go work longer or like this guy's like, come on, 
That's, that's yeah, it. that's kind of the thing I'm talking about. Sometimes if you if you're you are kind of uh, inexperienced and you like mess up a line or in some way kind of ruin a take or something, you just, in the back of our heads it can be like you feel like half the crew just go, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" You know, I'm sorry. Well, you know, I'll be brutally honest. Half the crew does do that because they're pissed and they're okay. pissy. <laughs> No, it's, but that's what keeps you on edge as an actor is you want to be good. You shouldn't worry about what that half does because a lot of that half's like, God damn it. Who's this day checker guy and all that. That's mm. the sour pusses that are working on the crew and all that, you know, but you, I look at it as your guy trying to make it happen. You're, you're there and you're working, you're working hard as, as long as you're mm. there professionally doing that and you mess up a line, you're going to mess up a line. It's, it's crazy. The hard thing as mm. actors, and if as you know, is then you get into that bad loop on yourself where you mess up a line, so yeah. you start getting more worried, and then you mess up the line again, and that just feeds upon itself like a monster. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so, that has happened. <laughs> yes, the answer is yes to crew get pissy. Yeah, but those are crew that are pissy anyways. <laughs> okay, yeah. Can't really do anything about that. Yeah. But. You know, as long as you're there doing the best you can and you're – be the best you in anything you do. Mm. And, and people who can't dig that, then you know what? They're just people that you don't need to worry about. You know? It, mm. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like life. Very much like life. <laughs> um, we've left some things on the table. We left. Uh, did I get into it because of creative needs? This was not my world. I just loved it. And I enjoyed watching it and was a part of it. And when I got into it, I found my niche. Uh, at first I was mm. like, I want to be an editor because I'm doing editing. This is great. You, a thing, uh, a thing I tell people, and then I was like, oh, I'm working on set. This gaffing thing is great. Lighting, lighting, playing with light. You know, the paint with light. How cool is that? And then I found mm, that mm. I became, this is what I was good at as an AD. But you want to always put yourself, I say to everyone starting, put yourself where you want to be. You know, if you want to yeah, do yeah, studio yeah. films, put yourself as close to there as possible. There's a ramp of studio films down in, in, in the States. Other places like mm. you guys, you guys do, like you were saying before, do multiple tasks like here mm. we're so big it's you're a grip you're an electrician can you do both sometimes can you know do the departments mm. look at each other and laugh at each other call one a hammer one a juicer one a, like you know <laughs> do they tease each other and rib each other about their abilities yeah like camera you know <laughs> camera course. used camera used to be huge prima donnas now a lot of them are really great i mean but they used to be like we're the only thing that feeds through camera and people have become more the sets have been, as, as the world has become more touchy-feely and wonderful, sets have become that way too. Because it used to yeah, be yeah. pretty hard, mm. hardcore sets where you had ADs that would yell and it was like, you're not a good AD unless you're yelling at people. Mm. And then you would have camera right. departments yeah. that were like, we're the best because if without us, you wouldn't exist. Um, mm. <laughs> it, was, it was. It was that way. You had the loader mm. who would get, get espressos and cappuccinos for their department and just sit there. But it's changed and, and we've now, there are a lot more team feels. Um, so I came into it because I needed a job. Uh, my mom was sick and I had to get a job and I started working in this post house mm. and, and that, mm. and then we had, and I, from the post house, I went to work on films. That's, that's where you'll start seeing. I worked for a company called band from the ranch and I started doing video playback and that's where I got to do those films. And from them, I met people and went and started being a set PA and then a set PA was just great. And I did an office PA for a show, which really taught me to, again, feel those to, Oh, this is what it's like to be in the office. It's not my jam. Went back mm. on set and I've mm. been an AD, you know, since. Um, so you're one of those guys who really feel like you come alive when you get onto a set. Oh, I love it. 
It's such a drug. Yeah. Filmmaking is a drug. Where else, mm, yep. you know, you could be a dentist and people are not going to ask you your date. Like, well, what'd you do? Like, oh, I did a bicuspid. <laughs> Ooh. So there is that drug. There's that feeling of like, and when you're on it, you're, you're creative and it's going and it's there. That's how we mm. get to mm. a 13, 16 hour day because we do that for months and we're there and we're high and we're on this feeling and you get used to it. Then you sleep for a week. Mm. Then, yeah. then you sleep for a week. And then what you have to get is your, uh, your set legs, it's called. When you start up again, you know, you don't sleep much and mm. you're set legs mm. and you're, you're used to standing and working for a 14 hour day. Props, mm. again, my sister props, as they say in the hierarchy, props are one of the last few out with wardrobe and makeup and hair, you know, wardrobe and props are the last few out because they got to get stuff and put their truck together. Um, so, mm-hmm. so that was me. I, I felt, I kind of fell into it. I really love it. I've had to build the difference between work home and home. Um, as I said, I've also, mm. I've, I've had, uh, I was in and then my mom got ill again and I had to take care of her. She passed away with cancer. And then recently I was doing really well. I was working on the films again and, uh, I had an injury that I'm recovering from now that I'm hoping to come back. So my career has been shifting due to me getting in and then coming out and coming back in and having to meet new people. Mm. So I've had to change my work home life around. Right. Right. But I've had, when I was coming up, I had a roommate. I had two, we had, we were a PA household before the internet was big. Uh, and we had, we knew who, who was working on what show. If you needed production assistance, so we would tell you who was available, what they're good at and where to go. And we'd have a board of who's working on what films. <clears throat> One of my friends there, who's now in Prague working, he, uh, he was one of those movie guys. He would tell you every single movie, all the directors, like his, his whole life was about becoming a filmmaker. And there are those. And I, mm. I, I envy that passion. His name's Sean O'Banion. And he, Sean out of us, had that passion. The me, I came into it because delay. And I found that I loved it. I loved the work. I could stay up for days. You know, I, it was just, it's just who I was naturally of mm-hmm. this energy. Mm-hmm. And I just it thrived. And I loved working in the storytelling, but I couldn't tell you every movie and all the people. I can tell you the people I've worked with. Like in our conversation, mm-hmm. you've heard me mm-hmm. say, lots of names and lots of things, but then someone will come to me and goes, Oh, do you know? Mm. So-and-so this guy did this. I'm like, well, no, I haven't worked with him. So unless I've interacted, that's not a part of my life. Mm. Yeah. 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 So Sean had that creative. I did not have that. Like, Oh my God, I need to, I just loved watching films growing up. I love being a part of it. And then now mm. pee on set and yeah. telling these wonderful stories, getting to not work in a cubicle, getting to, well, you know, you prep in a cubicle and then you go to, you go out on set and you come back and wrap in a cubicle. But being out there in all these different locations every day, you're even though you're doing this, you've blown this up 20 times, you know, it's still blowing something up or it's still watching this emotional scene between these two actors and just watching them. Mm. Oh, get it. I just watched last night. I watched a movie called Holiday with Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn. And there's a sequence in it where Catherine Hepburn is in it's just tearing up and it's this amazing moment between these two. And then you watch her turn and a tear. You see a teardrop. So you don't really see her cry, but you mm. see this teardrop fall. I mean, I only noticed mm. it because mm. mind blowing. And to be in that scene in that moment, mm. to see that moment, that's, that's filmmaking. Yeah. So I love it. Yeah. Yeah. But could I tell you who was the actor in that, who then went on to this actor? No, you know, mm. but IMDb, oof, that is something I tell people to run from because <laughs> I have, I did, I had, a, I, <laughs> I can't remember what, so I did a movie in a uh, small movie in New York. Uh, on the burbs and it was a small town. It's this group of people that are putting together an interesting thing up there. 
Um, they're an interesting group of filmmakers and they've gone into a small town and they've, they've done this little thing and they're, they're, I don't want to talk. It's an interesting group because there's some good people there and they're trying to make something, but they're really flying by the seat of the pants. I don't think they're being very safe. I don't think they're being very caring, uh, but they're learning. They, they came up oh, in a okay, different right now, world yeah. in a group. And, but we had people in this small town who were like, I would look on IMDb and it's like, I'm, I'm this character. I'm this character. And I'm like, you guys were all background and I never put you on set. I was the first of that mm. one. I was the first, I was line producer yeah. on that one who helped the first. I first didn't help the first because it was this lower budget thing. And uh director was a friend of mine. It was really great. And it was like, mm. I had to go into IMDb and go, this guy was never on set or this guy was like, you know, mm. so yeah, I know. Yeah. I only put on my IMDb mm. like, so my idea IMDb is huge with second AD stuff because a lot of the non-union work, you know, I'll occasionally help people out with and do. I'm not putting on there because it was lower budget or it was not something that people would know, but it was still work and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and I would not put like, there's people that would put, they worked one day on a film. We'd have people, we'd have production assistants that would do this. And out here it would be like, Oh, I worked on this big film and I would go, Oh really? Mm. And I, and I call the ADs and say, Hey, did you work with this guy? And they're like, I don't even know who you're talking about. You know, no, right. but they'll put it on. But they might've been there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they might've been there a day, but if, if the person mm. who I'm hiring you to do this job and the person that hires you, the job didn't know you, that means you're not, you know, Oh, but I worked with so-and-so. Yeah, it can be a little bit like that. It can. It can. I know. And, and I, 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 I'm a little, I'm ashamed to say that I have a few credits that I put on there just to have something to put on there, but I don't really feel like I should because, you know, nowadays you can do a web series and uh, you can call that a TV show. Yeah. So, and I have my own shitty little web series that we made for no money and it's on there and I'm on there as a, you know, writer, director, uh, lead actor, blah, blah, blah. And it maybe looks good, but, you know, it's just me and my friends uh, goofing about, basically. But I just felt like, well, we've done this thing and it's out there. And, you know, so it's... Uh, but we all bullshit our... We, y'all bullshit at the beginning. Y'all, you all pad actors who... Oh, I... I'll tell... Gotta tell this story. And this, is, this is third party, but it's a great story. But actors, you know, you put on, oh, I can drive a race car. I can ride a horse. I can shoot, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, no, you I've know. never done that. <laughs> well, but no, but we all do. I've put, when I started, I would put, I would buff it up. But then it's funny as my resume is on an Excel, uh, is on a Word doc. And I have my page and I keep adding. But below it, I kept all my other credits. And you, I see where I was mm. like, well, I didn't do that. I did like a day. I did a week there, you know. And you do a little mm-hmm. of that. So we all do. Yeah. I mean, and then you get qualified. But on on IMDb, people just put it on there. Yeah, and, and different pe- other people put it on there. I mean, I, oh, yeah. I have credits that I don't really want on there anymore. But I didn't put put it there. The the director or what producer did, you know. And uh, you can take it off. I've I've gotten people off by like I've had to a lot like that New York thing where it was like it was like fifteen people that were like I'm this cast member. I'm like no no you're not. Mm. you know and you just send it and mm. as, as you're in usually they'll take it off um i've had to change my name on some some mines were credited differently but it's not it's not oh, okay not yeah. too hard mm. um one thing that i want to talk to you about which is interesting that i find here i warn people because mm. you get a lot of green people that come here and they're like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna work with this guy and he he's done all these things he's not paying me of course because he's got all these things in the works and he's a producer and this and that. And then you pull up his IMDb and it's four projects and it's all written, directed, acted, and produced by the same guy. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah, yeah. and you look at these projects, and there's no name attached. They've never been released, and it's like mm-hmm. out here nope. when I see that, and someone tells me they're going to go work for somebody out here like that, I tell them run away. Don't that person? Yep. Yeah. But out there yeah. and yeah, in yeah. Europe, it's different because you guys do do that, and you do decent projects, right? There's little things like here. That's a red flag. Well, you yeah. don't don't interact with that person because that person's full of shit. And they're not going to pay you. And they're yeah, not no, no, I, I would say that's a red flag anyway. Yeah, and uh, I can see uh, both for myself and for other people. Like there are projects on IMDb that never got made. You know, so should it really be on there? No, it shouldn't because it's an unfinished project. So I don't know. Uh, you were talking about the the thing with the being a director, wanting to be a director, and then trying to get into that by being a, a first AD or whatever, and that's not really flying. And uh, I would probably agree with that. But do you have any uh, ambitions yourself to at least maybe go into second unit directing or anything like that? Or do you feel like, oh, no, I, I found, my, found my thing, and uh, now this is it? Well, so being an AD can lead into directing. Uh, there's a... I, I hate to say the words anyone can direct. I it's not it's I not know. it's not true, but I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen and I, not sure, that they direct yeah, yeah. well. There's been TV directors that is like, who is this guy's nephew? And he's got on and like you know, and those are the mm. guys you want to talk about. You a, need a point of view at least. You got to have a. It, it's all about telling stories, and you've and 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 being mm. able to. And you've seen that's where the crew really gets into those on 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 TV shows where that direct that date director comes in and he has no clue where he's all this. I mean, that's the thing, but yeah, I wouldn't mind direct. It doesn't AD become a director. It depends on where you're at. You can, because you are good at your inferior, a good communicator, you know, to do it. Then you just need to wake up your very creative side to like, I'm blown away mm-hmm. when, the, when I see a director go, I want to do this, you know, and it's a Trinity. Mm-hmm. I do think they can become directors. It's the problem is the DGA training program doesn't make directors. It makes ADs. And then they come out and they're like, well, oh, okay. I want to be a director. Um, yeah, I would. I think I think I would love to direct. There's there's a lot. Of, after I've seen it, there's some pieces. I've got three projects that I want to direct because the story is something I want to tell. And yeah, I think yeah. you can do it. I think an AD can make a good director. The hard thing is when people in our industry go from they move up like um, uh, first AC or uh, someone goes up to a different level. They keep looking back and they go, I know how to do that. Like it happens with ADs. Yeah. It happens with camera crews. Mm-hmm. It happens with gaffers. It happens with, you know, it's like they yeah. are too busy back going, Oh, this all doing that to f- sometimes focus on what they're doing. There's some that do and just let it go and go, you go do this job. I trust in you. I'm going to focus on this. And that goes with directing a good, mm-hmm. an AD can be a great director because they know pacing and time and schedule. But I've worked with a director, an AD that was a terrible director. Well, yeah, and also, I mean, you've seen it uh, being done yeah. a lot. Yeah. You know what it entails. So you do, but then when it comes to communicating, and, and there, I, I was with one director, it was hysterical, an AD, who hired me to do a piece for her with her, and <clears throat> I can't visually do this to you, but we're on set. It was low budget, and she was she a was decent AD, um, and she was directing one of her early things, and I was talking to uh, the DP, so... I'm going to tangent to a good set. You need to have two of the three strong people for this. Is how I see it. You need to have a good direct. Mm-hmm. You have the Trinity is the director, the D, the, the cinematographer and the AD. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you get 
the the cinematographer's department, Grip Electric, and all those guys, and they need to be great. And then the AD department down, and the director from the producer's world, you know, as it comes down, right? So, mm-hmm. but if you have two of those, if you have two of those are strong, they will help the third third leg, right? Yeah. yeah. If yeah. you have three Absolutely. that are strong, you're great. But if you have one that is strong, you're 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 working a three legged table that's putting all its weight on one leg. I've seen it happen. Mm. I've seen it happen with director. Mm. It happens a lot of lower stuff. You see a director who's very strong, and the the cinematographer is kind of loose, and the AD, the ads doesn't know how to guide the crew and push them forward. Or I've seen a, mm. a cinematographer that is so strong will walk will walk over, and you get this a lot on on TV shows because the cinematographer has been on the show forever, and you get this weak director that comes in, and it's great because you've mm. got an ad that knows this, the set and the cinematographer knows the set, so they could help support this director that needs you know their help um yeah. or, or they'll run shot over him and just do it without him if the guy's not coming up to far the guy or, or lady's not mm. far so i was doing this with this 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 assistant director and i had done you know when you take your fingers and you say you do the camera view so you point it at a way so it's like a v or a something like we're looking this way right now we're looking that way I, I worked with this AD as she was directing and I'm like, okay, I was with the DP and I'm like, okay, so director photography, uh, we're looking this way. Now we're going to look this way. She comes and says, what are you doing? You're, you're confusing people. I'm like, no, we're showing kind of the angles that we're going to do. And she didn't get mm. it. She didn't get it. No. She also didn't get, we were at a location and it was tough. And she, I mean, I've worked with her since and she's gotten much better and she's, she's done a lot and she does really well. Um, and she, we were at a location, but, the shot was this big coffee house set and um, she couldn't understand shooting out of order. Cause what happens is they walk oh. in, <laughs> they walk in, they do a walk and talk, right? So they mm. walk in and then they come and sit on the couch and the meat of the scene is them sitting on this couch. So wide over, over, you know, tight doesn't, it's not mm. much and it's them sitting there and you can be dramatic and you can change it. But the general is you do the master and then you do your overs. And then if there's any tight yep. stuff, uh, but <clears throat> the rest of the room wasn't ready because they were still setting it and designing it. Cause we're low budget making it work. And she, mm. uh, I said, okay, let's shoot them on the couch. I came to her and I said, let's just shoot these actors on the couch. We'll just walk them in, sit them down and we'll shoot it from there and it will go. She had, she couldn't do it. She couldn't understand. She wanted, mm. she wanted the actors to be able to feel it, to walk into it to have the emotion of the scene to do it, which is a fair statement. You want, it's hard to jump into an emotion, but sure. But, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's easier for us to just go with yeah, chronologically, of course, you know, Oh, easy, but that's not efficient financially or time-wise. No. So, no, you know, it, it all depends. I, I don't disagree with the creative. Like if we had all the, all the time in the world, man, shoot it chronologically, but you don't. Mm. because that's no. when it comes that's where the creative loses and that's where you you have to compromise because you have to be able to do it so man unless you have a one take movie right <laughs> the those very rare instances well yeah and even that takes time and planning and oh planning yeah sure i mean what that's was a dance it's a ballet what was the most what was the one that we just watched that was just last year that was like that, that like felt like it like yeah. 1917 yeah 1917 
Jesus Christ! Yeah, but that's uh, that's a that's a faked uh, one take, just like yeah. Bird uh, Birdman. But a lot of it is a, a lot of long takes. Yeah, yeah. A lot now. A lot of days. A lot of that is. It's it's. I was discussing with someone about car chases and like, you know, we're a friend of mine's a big. He works for um, Hot Rod Magazine. He's big there, and we're discussing car chases mm. and what was good. And and everyone references a movie called Ronin, and everyone references like there's Italian job is mm. sometimes brought up. Um, and then the original yeah, gone, and of course, uh, the, the French connection, French connection, the original gone in 30 seconds. I always reference a movie called Hooper. Mm. Just amazing. But then you go mm-hmm. to the remake of gone and gone in, uh, Hooper with Burt Reynolds. Then you have the remake of gone on 60 seconds and it's terrible. You've spent all this money. On I this haven't sh- seen it actually. Yeah. Oh, it's, there's so much about it. There's, that's where we get into method acting. If we want ever want to talk about, and that goes again with uh, Christian Bale of the method actor and where they are. Christian is amazing. I, I cannot, he's also one who I've had small dealings with and he was just amazing because you can be method yet. You can still be human because it is a job yeah. and you want to treat people yeah, well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's a, you know, thing, but gone in 60 seconds. That last chase is all angly, angly, boom, 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 but a boom, you know, it's mm, all, mm, mm up tight so you close and shooting the mm. car parts of the car like a jason Bourne fight sequence you lose yeah your your quote off balance as a creative piece and that's what you're going for but you just spent all this mm. money on this beautiful sequence and again this is the difference between an ad and a creative director i sit there and go mm. pull the camera back see it happen but i come from uh, that yeah. I, I want i want lawrence of arabia i want Star Wars. I want Wes Anderson. I want. I want to see it. I want you to create yeah. it inside a frame. Yeah, yeah. yeah and you mentioned uh, that, that was like a fight scene. The fight scenes are exactly the same thing. Yeah, the that's what I was saying. Like Gone sixty seconds. You take, you take the Born Identity fight sequence where it's like, and you're like you're disoriented. But if you would have taken the camera back mm. and watched how those stuntmen choreograph this dance, yeah, it's John Wick. You have it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, amazing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Mm. And, but instead they want the, they want to keep you off balance and they do this, this shaky cam, which I'm an old man. So I, that's where I'm like, I can't stand that stuff. No, I agreed. <laughs> but again, the difference between creative and production, I mean, it's all taste when it comes down to it. It's all stories that we tell and tell, and we tell our stories, how we want to tell them. And hopefully the audience gets it. Right. Well, uh, listen, um, I actually want to, I'm curious about what's going on out there now when it comes to the pandemic and the, the film industry. Where are you guys now? Because I hear that some productions are starting up again uh, a little bit. It's interesting because we've just been, Los Angeles has just been said to go to shoot, um, now what date this, to start that production could start, I think it was June 18th is what they said. Um, a lot of people are still mm. trying to figure that out. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of crew their livelihoods have been shot. I mean, our economics here is so rough right now mm. and, and what they're going to do and how they're going to survive. There's mm. the ones that have done well and all that who are like, I'm still doing okay. The, the, the big actors who have funds and, and people who've been working have, who can ride this financially out are like, Hey, I don't, there's not a vaccine yet. So don't put me in a room with no. minimum of 50 to 300 people where we're all spending 12 hours together mm. In close proximity, mm. you you can't yeah. do that. So we're we're trying to find ways, and there's been a lot of feeds on a lot of chat, a lot of chat channels about like asking questions. How do we protect ourselves? How do we do it? Do we wear 
masks, gloves? Mm. Do you let departments mm. go in separately? But then you still have, you know, for me, you still have mm. the actors coming in and they're without masks. And then the makeup has to go and touch them and hair has to touch them. Sure. An actor's not going to do their own hair and makeup. They don't have that yeah, skill. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, some no, do. No. No, true. And it doesn't matter if you have a specific person, some uh, coronavirus experts no. on set. You can't protect But it's becoming everything. a financial thing where I think we're going to push it forward anyways. Well, I think, it's, I think it's, it's big picture money. It starts with we need to put product on the screen because that's what brings money. There's entertainment. Mm. We, need, yeah. we need product. We need, we need mm. content. And there's not content really being made. There's, there's some outliers making content right now. Um, but what happens if someone gets sick? What happens if someone gets sick and dies? No story is worth killing somebody, you know? No, uh, no, of course. Uh, at the same time, we know that there are always there are always risks when you do something big like this. Uh, when I think about that, I sometimes think about, you know, when they, they decide to build something very big, like a big bridge or a, a stadium or something like a skyscraper, they have to take into account that well uh, this right. decision will probably make three three people die right because that's the statistics like and that i i i don't know i, I couldn't make that decision who's going to take the chance of working to get sick and bringing that home you know like what do we do with production a lot of there's a lot of working people who are like i just need to work and there's talking about quarantining steven marinaccio is the guy he's he's uh on um jake ryan's show the jack ryan show right jack Jack Ryan mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're trying to figure out what to do because if they bring a crew, you got to be quarantined for two weeks. Do you pay that again? It comes to numbers. So crews are wondering, do we quarantine a whole crew and you shoot a film with just you guys together and you do testing and you make sure everyone washes and you make sure that <clears throat> six to six months or something, whatever for like a three month stint, you quarantine the whole crew at hotels and you make them all, there but then what about the hotel workers mm. it's a hard thing to mm. figure out we're we're figuring out i think yeah. i think production's going to start anyways and we're going to have mm. <clears throat> what we have now is we have uh we have we have safety monitors for nudity we have uh, i'm trying to remember what they're called we have yeah. those now in la that are modesty modesty workers yeah and that's an interesting machine um i like it and don't like it at the same time <clears throat> i think it's a very useful it's a shame that it's needed um but that mm. there's stories there and so we'll have safety, like wear PEE, wear, make sure you wash and all those things. But, mm. you know, until there's an antidote, we're still spreading it in theory, you know, pretty rapidly. Mm. Yeah. And I think yeah. people are going to do it because get, we need content and people need to get their bills paid. Yeah. I guess the productions that are all the most in luck were the productions that finished filming just before the lockdown. So they're now in post-production and can do that kind of uh, undisturbed, let's say, because they can do that more remotely than than anything that's on set and things like that. Yeah, um, and that's like so. There, pre- there's people that are prepping, and but once you start actual filming, it's different. The prep's okay, and post post is you know we're in a digital world. You can post out of everywhere. A friend of mine, she's mm. she works big big films. I mean, she's such an amazing uh, Lisa Lasek. She's so sweet and wonderful. And she's posted on her little, you know, we've gone out of town and, and she's done work on her MacBook Pro while we're in Yosemite, you know, when she was working on a mm. film. And she's, they're so great. But we have that technology. Um, same time, mm. uh, you, but to physically be in the space, I don't know. We're going to do it. I know we are because financially we can't not. 
Mm, no, yeah. You know, I think that mm. people are going to. So I, I don't know. We'll see. That's what we're doing. We've I've got an I got a letter from the DGA. They've been in talks for a long time. Uh, uh, my sister, who's a prop master, she's got the IATSE letter. We're kind of comparing the letters and seeing what people are saying. There's chatter. Mm. It's mostly you know how are we going to function this world and finish. A lot of TV in LA was at the when this hit. Still had two episodes. Most of them had two episodes left of their season. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So trying to figure that out and make that work. So that's how we are. I mean, what do you get? Are you guys back in full swing? Uh, well, if we're talking about Sweden, uh, I know there's been productions going all the way through, uh, and some haven't. So I, I'm not really sure what's going on there. And I know in Europe, it's a little bit different. Uh, it's starting up. Yeah, I know. Like Prague, they're starting up now. They're finishing off like uh, uh, Carnival Row. Uh, because that had to be paused and i think the batman is shooting in london i think and they're going to start up now again and uh yeah so it's slowly but surely i think the world's going to open up uh cautiously um yeah and we hope that we don't have another huge outbreak and that uh unfortunately the uh the people that are like who have said oh we should open we should never close are gonna hopefully be be right mm. because we've got we've slowed it down and we've done our due diligence and we've tried to make it as safe as possible yeah uh i mean i'm not going to get into our politics of our leadership that we are the mm, no. top country it's be another hour top 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 nation yeah the top nation of this in and even if numbers are lying from china and all that we're three times more than every other nation three times mm. more so even if numbers are lying we are our leadership in my opinion you know of course no i usually also uh, like end with uh checking what my guest is doing uh, next like what's upcoming but in your <laughs> case i guess like nothing because you don't know right we we don't i don't know there's there's a lot of chatter um i'm uh looking at uh a couple projects right now that i'm hearing about starting up I have people that are mm. so right now what's going on is we've since we've had that green light a handful of projects are are starting to like okay we're going to start working and I might go work with some of those guys because I am healthy I am not risk ability my daughter is 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 11 and healthy and strong um no mm. no immune deficiencies so <clears throat> I will probably find something and take something uh there's there are projects mm. that are starting up there are, we'll see right. we'll see where they go the that's what i'm saying the two letters show we're going to have a modesty person on those days that we need modesty people but we're going to always have a safety person that will say up oh, you're standing too close up oh, you guys need mm. to wash hands hold on grips are coming in now everyone step away 10 mm. feet mm. now electricians mm. are coming in everyone step away 10 feet you know that's the process yeah you guys break yeah. for lunch in this area it, they're talking about pods really um Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, separate. Yeah, which is still, still, when it comes to the science of it all, it's it's BS. We're we're in the same area, you know. Yeah, you're in an enclosed space. Yeah, yeah. But they did some uh, they did some test, I think, in England, uh, where they dis- they found out that if you're uh, a half a meter away from each other, you're like 23% at risk to getting the disease from the other person, you know, uh, being, being contagious. Uh, but if you're just one meter, 
it falls to six percent, and if you're two meters, it's three, and for every it's it's right. halves for everyone. So just those two meters makes the risk very low, apparently. But as you're saying, if you're in an enclosed space, they're going to be droplets flying all over the place, probably masks so, and everything. And you're you're in an enclosed. Our industry is the only one. There's others that are, but we're like side by side interacting for a 12 to 14, 16 hour day. Yes, yes. Day in, day out where you sleep. And so what I'm going to be doing next Mm. is I'm going to be spending time with my daughter, taking her to the beach. I'm going to, we we have distance as a beach. So we get to go and I get to put her in the water. We have some friends that we have at the start of this said that we will, we have two sets of friends that are also have, I only have one child of my own. I have another couple that has one child. And we said, we're going to spend time with each other. Um, So Mm. we're doing that. And that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Uh, I am starting to talk to production people about what's going on. I mean, Jack Ryan is going to happen. Um, mm. uh, there's two other TV shows that are going to happen um, that I know of. They're like, they're already talking about ramping up. I got a buddy who's working on a budget <clears throat> and a, for a project that they want to shoot in a month or so. So we'll see. We'll see oh. what our jobs yeah. are. We always get asked like, Oh, you work for this company. And I'm like, no, I work for the people I interact with. So, I'll see who's who uh, wants to use me, and I'm going to go right into it. And of course, uh, if anybody wants to check out what you've been working on more uh, than we've been talking about, just look at your IMDb page, Stephen E. Simon. So mm. yeah, you could check that out. It's pretty. It's pretty light now. Again, as I said before, I don't put on when I day play. If I'm on for a day or a week or something, it's not. I don't put my my movies there because my. No, right. It's not a bad. Mm. It's not bad as it is, and the people who know me know me, so I get the work. No, it's a long list. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been a lot of years. Yeah, I wish I had a fraction of this. Ah, then you'd have the mileage on your to, body. To, it's not. It's not the hours. It's the uh, mileage. Yeah, sure. Great talking to you. Hey, dude, it was a and, pleasure. Uh, I think we're signing off there. Okay. Bye, everybody. <laughs>